Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
Because you'll get a phone, the sex offender registry. If you accidentally pee near a school, even if your pee's just some drool, oh, that's bad. That's actually, that's actually. Okay, everybody, um, here's the deal. This is Twisting the Wind on the Feral Audio Network. You're listening to a new episode. It's, it's, this is new right now. It's a new episode. Uh, obviously, well, I don't know. Is it a new episode? Maybe it's new. It's This is this is the beginning of it, so I guess this is the new part of the episode if it is new. What is new? I don't know what new is. I think new means that, um... I think new means that, um... I think new beans that um I think new beans that um I think new beans that um I think the bees are dumb I wish for more than crumbs I asked I asked for more than crumbs but I got a better drum of coffee beans with gum all wishing for some sum. How dare you try to rearrange my pantry? How dare you move the biscuits from the gantry? I'm looking for a way to find out <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a fun one, huh, Chuds? <laughs> Thanks for being here on Twisting the Wind. I'm currently using a, a, a the not the non-standard mic. I'm using a um an SM57. It's made by Shure. This is a SM57 Beta. It's an instrument mic, y'all. It works for vocals, but it's an instrument mic technically. And uh, so if, 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 if it's not pleasing your pleasantries, then that's what it is. But here we are. We got a windscreen. We're good. It's, con- it's going to just sound fucking popping. And just, just like, you know when they say something like blah, 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 black? You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, oh, is that an American Express black? Ooh, what kind of cherry is that? Ooh, it's a black cherry. Ooh, what type of... um. Service is this. Oh, do you want our, would you like to belong to our membership club for our theater? Sure. Well, we have um, Premium, we have Plus, we have uh, X Factor, and we have Black. Ooh, what's Black? Well, Black entitles you to come to any show, anytime you want. You can leave and go as you please. You can actually remove people from the theater on your way out. You can tell people, you can tell five people to leave, even if they're in the middle of the show. Um, and that's what it entails, a $10,000 monthly donation. But it basically allows you to do anything you want. You can put on a play inside the mouth of one of the performer's personal dogs. It's a black membership. It's special. It's black. When did that start being a thing? The fuck you put put black on it. It'll be sp- oh, it's black cherry. Oh, what kind is this? Well, it's 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 the black edition. Oh, oh, the color that's the easiest to make. That's the color. The color that's no color, and that's what. Oh, Jim, Jim, they're offering a, a special black member, um, VIP black. 
No, we have gold. We're gold now. VIP, VIP black is... No, it's better. I know it's a darker color and gold is actually a metal that's worth money, but it's, it's just a thing. What do, what do black people think about? Oh, I didn't even think about it. I didn't make that correlation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it matters, does it? It doesn't? It doesn't matter? Okay, great. We'll do the black, please. Black cherry soda with a VIP black theater membership with a guaranteed black blacks. Black. Black, the color of night. Black, I get in a fight. Okay, here's one echo. Hey. Here's the other echo. Hey. Wait. That's way more, but it's also it's digital, man. This is this is analog. Analog. Digital. Digital is just too much. Thank you for being here on Twisting the Wind, an outstanding episode coming down the pipe right now. It already is an it's already is a standing episode. I hear you're listening to it on speakers these days. Hey guys, um, hey guys, play, <laughs> hey hey guys playing Xbox, uh, uh, like a skateboarding Xbox game. Listen to us on speakers. Just thank you and thanks for being here. Uh, I want to pu- publicly apologize. Um, it's come to my attention. There's been a serious problem with the people getting the t-shirts that they ordered, okay? Uh, there's no way to say this other than just extreme sorry and that they you will get a t-shirt if you have to get two for free because there was some sort of a fucking melt. I hate to do this. I hate to place blame, but sometimes you got to. I mean, it doesn't matter, but FedEx. Somehow this is a person, not FedEx, but a person at FedEx made some sort of grand mistake. I wasn't even involved in this, but it, it happened. And I think about 12 of you didn't get your shirts. Um, I'm sorry as hell about that. That's terrible. I think it's being rectified. Uh, I don't know what to tell you other than you will receive a significant amount of goodwill towards the rest of your life in the form of like a psychic thunder of prayer because of the things that have happened. Just the fact that you even bought a T-shirt is music to my to my gears. <laughs> so thanks for that. But I will... We'll make it down to you by an upstroke of Prayer Thunder, guaranteed, 100%, okay? There will be a new t-shirt coming up here soon, probably at the start of June, uh, soon in June. kind of rhyme, so that wasn't intentional, but it is a thing. And also, uh, it's going to be, and the people who didn't get, the, who got fucked by a t-shirt, t-shirt time, uh, I'm going to give you a free t-shirt, okay? So how you like that? <laughs> how you like me now? Pretty good, going on feeling strong. Uh, any other idea? I, <laughs> do you have ideas for products? Because I like to make products. Um, I like putting things on things, you know, and giving them to people for small amounts of money. So do that. Uh, also, but if you, you know what, there's all kinds of other things you can do. Donate to the goddamn podcast. Do it. It's an important thing to do. If you're listening to this highly produced podcast, this is a, you know you know what else is out there. You know the rest. Of, you know you're in a fucking ocean of of shit bunch of podcasts where it's like a comedian talking to another comedian for 45 minutes about nothing. That's 90% of the podcasts out there. They're just, they're not bad. They're just not great, right? They're just sort of, uh, nothing's going on there. We're not, we're not, we're not really, uh, we're not having an engagement session. We're not really, you know what? I want, I want to provide you a sonic thing. I want to provide something sonic. I like, I like a sonic taste. Okay. So, you know that's the case. You're listening. You know you love it. You know you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for doing that. If you have, if you haven't, get get to it. Get down. 
Get down, get down, get brown, get town, get pound, get brown, get down, get brown. But he didn't know what he had. Got divorced and he got a cat. Then he got that pussy purring like a stussy. He got a big baby's head. You never know what you're gonna get when you come on down the Rick's truck stop. When you pull on back your buck, pool pop, popping in the motherfucker sniff snop. That's all I got for you right there. So go ahead, rate and review the podcast. If you need to reach the podcast, it's twistingthewind at gmail.com. It's twistingthewind at gmail.com. This is a filter that makes my voice sound like a robot, but really, who knows what a robot actually sounds like? 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 Who knows what who knows what a robot actually sounds like? We'll never know what a robot wants to do. We'll never know what a robot wants to be. We'll never know what a robot wants to do. We'll never know what a robot wants to do. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I'm going to pepper it in there with some extra sounds. It's going to be great. So go ahead and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Do it. Do it. Do it good. Do it fast. Do it quickly. I want to drink espresso right now so bad. Okay, so make sure you do that stuff in email if you need to. Uh, Also, there's a P.O. box. You can ship me um, uh, whatever kind of um, drugs you want to send. Drug, 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 drugs. What's that? Who said that? Who said that? Was that like a, a paper mache boat or something? So uh, that's that's the truth right there. Uh, currently upcoming um, bunch of shows. <laughs> I don't know where to tell you I'm going to be because I just don't know where I'm going to be right now. I think I'm technically not scheduled to be anywhere out of Los Angeles and for until I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma with Josh Fadum, one of the most funny people I know. And that will be in June, like 10th through, no, like June 18th or something. You'll figure it out. It's the Blue Whale Comedy Festival in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you live anywhere nearby there, please come and see us because it's it's like the most, it's just great. I'm not kidding. It's just, well, uh, hey, hey, I see, were you kidding about when you said that it's going to be good? Oh, yeah. I was joking about how the jokes are going to be not good. Um, oh, oh, you were kidding about saying that thing is good. Oh, because I thought it's a comedy. What the fuck am I even talking about? You know what I mean? I'm not kidding. I'm, <laughs> why would I be kidding about? Oh, he's kidding. <sighs> circular, circular talking. Either way, come see us. It'll be outstanding performances by all sorts of people. We're going to be really experimental and out there and moving things and getting out of breath and just really, really like taking bricks of sound and throwing them and maybe getting little cuts because ceramics is sharp when it breaks. So all that and more, uh, testify your ancients um, because they're justified and ancient and we're all bound for Google land. So that being said, uh, please go ahead and send money to the donation station. Buy a, um, buy a, uh, 
buy yourself some stuff on Amazon.com through the Amazon portal. Did you hear that? You got to go to the Feral Audio website. You click on the Twisting the Wind page. And then you talk really quiet like this, okay? And what you do is you uh, you go on that Twisting the Wind web. You, you, you go on that Twisting the You go on that Twisting the Stop it. Stop it. I said stop. I said stop it. You you go on that twisting the wind feral audio audio page and then you uh click on the Amazon thing and you buy whatever you want you buy whatever you want on the Amazon website and we get a little piece of it that really helps us out it's something that I cannot stress enough you gotta get on there. And buy shit. Bye. Stuff for your grandmother. Maybe your dog. Maybe your dad. Does your dad like stuff? Maybe you don't have a dad. Maybe your dad died. It's totally fine if your dad dies. Everyone's dad dies at some point. Unless you die before your dad dies. In that case, you you just you're dead. That's terrible. But we're all gonna die. But we're all encumbered by Christian hope all the time. Instead of being Greek about shit, we're like, oh man, gotta have hope, gotta be good in this life so you can go to the next one. Really, this is the one right now. This is the life, man. This is the one. This is the current life. Oh man, I wish it would get better. Oh, guess what? Thank God this is what we got because it's really good. You know, like a cartoon that says that? I don't remember where it is, but it's something like that. It's like, oh, one guy says, oh, I wish it would get better. Is this all there is? And the other little potato of the talk says, I know, isn't it great? Isn't it great? Isn't it something where if you change this a little bit, you get a sound that sounds a bit more like this. But thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. Please come back again. Please uh, do, do your best and do your good. I'm going to find a place where the catalog's good. And I want to be there in the same spot as you for as long as I literally can. As long as there's no van parking down by the houseboats because I've always wanted to have a houseboat like MacGyver did back in the day. Please enjoy part two of my interview with Ryan and Jess, horticulturalists from Canada. But not just from Canada, that's not the only thing about them. They happen to be from Canada, but that's not like the feature of this is, oh, can you just stop enough? Okay, stop this. Don't do another echo. If you do, don't do not do another echo sound. <sighs> Why do you have to do that? There's no need to make you've already done so many goddamn echo sounds. Maybe it's time to just. Get a different effect. Maybe get a compressor. Maybe make it a more subtle sound, Johnny. How about how about you buy a compressor and make it a more subtle vocals tone instead of this echoey crap? <laughs> I'm so sorry about him. Uh, moving on, like I said, here is part two of my interview with Ryan and Jess from Goosefoot Farms in 
our neighbor from in our neighbor to the north, British Columbia. So much more here. <laughs> okay. That's all. I'm belaboring the point. I love you. Oh my How's God. Sound? Say some stuff. Uh, rhizomes. Rhizomes. Yes. Cool. We're good. Oh, okay. We're back. We're back here with Ryan and Jess of Goosefoot yep. Farms mm-hmm. of uh, British Columbia Island of uh, what's it called the island again? Quadra Island. Quadra. Yeah. It's such a. It sounds like such a. That name doesn't, doesn't sound like an island name. Oh, there's a there's a story Quadra. behind it because there was a Spanish or mathematician, Portuguese? right? Yeah, no, mathematician, explorer, and he uh, <laughs> like squares so much that he because uh, he hated Chinese <laughs> yeah. people and felt it was unlucky. So quadrant. Yeah. yeah. No, there was an explorer with a hilariously long name. You know, old Spanish name, right. many, many, many syllables, and I think the end is e quadra. Or something wow! Like that. And it just because it was Valdez Island for yeah. the initial part of its European, which is a cool name. How did the Spanish get? Up? I don't know. They they got up that far. They must have. Yeah, they must have come from California. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. They just uh, worked, eat their way up there. Because a bunch of the <laughs> islands have vaguely Spanish, like Cortez is the next. Yeah. Island, yeah, Cortez is Spanish too. Interesting. Yes. Sea of Cortez. Is that in Mexico? It is. I think that's where the Baja Peninsula is, right? The Sea okay. of Cortez. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. the same Cortez, I think. Anyway. Got it. I think. Yeah. He was a big guy. Well, Very popular. Big dude. You know, Cortez. have have you looked at a map and seen where Vancouver Island is a huge island? Yeah. Right. Right, right off the mm-hmm. coast. Because there's Vancouver, which is the huge metropolis. Right. BC. And then William Gibson lives there. Who's William Gibson? Uh, writer of the Neuromancer and uh, oh, really? Sci-fi writer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, lots of people live there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a great city. We yeah. both grew up there. I want to obviously. go there so bad. You've never been to Vancouver? No. Really? Never been to Vancouver? You should go to Vancouver. I'll go there at some point for for shows or something. It'll happen. It just hasn't happened. You've yet. probably got lots of yeah. listeners in Vancouver. I suppose. Yeah, I Maybe. So, hey, yeah. out there in Vancouver, let yeah. me know. <laughs> Get, bring me to Vancouver, Vancouver. It's so beautiful. There. I want to participate in the needle program. <laughs> you can. I would you just sure love can. You to, can. to safely use heroin just once. Um, Maybe go up there and just. You can participate in the needle little... program, but you cannot uh, legally buy marijuana. <laughs> you can't. Well, it's yeah, not great. like here. So it's... well, yeah. What is the deal with Canada, or is it is it all of Canada is broken up by province? The marijuana laws. There? I believe it's them. Federal. I believe it's provincial. Is it? Yeah, I might be wrong on that. Apparently, not some provinces are a lot more harsh. Like, know. there's never. Um, there's, it's not that there's massive penalties mm-hmm. for people. It's just that they haven't made it available. And people in Vancouver have wanted it to be available for so long. Because you know, that's, that's their thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. known for that. And for tourism, I feel like if Vancouver or British Columbia or somewhere else in Canada, if one of these places had gotten in on the ground floor for cannabis tourism, right. I feel like they would have become a destination. But it's too late now. You can go to Colorado. Yeah. You know, you can go to Washington State. Uh, you'll be able to go to Oregon soon. Mm-hmm. What are the other, a bunch of other states. It'll turn like here that. in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, uh, Probably the next referendum it'll happen, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So, and there seems to be like on every block, there's a medicinal yeah. shop. Yeah. And that's, there's far less than there used to be. Really? It used to be more? just, it was just everywhere. So did, is it is it far less because a certain number of them have just not been able to make enough money? The city uh, put something in effect. They just, they knocked out like 600 of them. <laughs> Because they didn't want it. Because they, it was one of those things where I suppose it's a good thing. They try to just pare it down because there really shouldn't be. There's not need to be a marijuana. There were more marijuana. There's like twice as many marijuana dispensaries as there were Starbucks. Wow. Which is not necessary. You don't need that. (laughs) You really don't. So also there's a lot of those places where even though it's like it's a 
uh, what do you call it? blasphemy to say so, but a lot of them were like linked with organized crime. And okay, yeah, just of things like that, because it's like a great way. Oh, you're you're a Russian mobster. Let's. This is a great way to to clean your money in the dirtiest way possible. But it's I like, see. I think some stuff like that happened where they just they were so sh- they were shady to begin with because of the way they operate is outside of any. Um, there wasn't like any real succinct laws, not succinct, but real like. What the laws in place to govern them were so loose that it allowed things to be be loose and kind of shitty. So I see they kind of ratcheted it down. So if it's legalized for recreational use, do you envision that all of these medicinal collectives and shops and so on and so forth will just will they just open their doors? I suppose so. Who knows? Huh. Right now, a lot of stuff is delivery based. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is a great loophole. It's like the ultimate loophole. So like, oh, we can't have a storefront. Guess we'll just deliver it. It's all online. Yeah, yeah, it's online. Everything's online. It's all very. Um, it's not at all hard to get. No. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous how it works that way. So, but in, it's not that way at all. And in, in well, it's well, easy medicinal, to get. It's easy to get, and there's medicinal. There medicinal. Um, you can get a license to grow okay. it medicinally. Uh, I think it's like a. F- you have more than four plants. But you can't grow it at all anymore oh, under okay. the medicinal. The, the our government changed that a couple of months ago. So previously oh, you could get a new. license. Yeah. yeah. You Jeez. could get a license and you could grow a medicinal crop and you could even uh, go into a collective with people and mm-hmm. grow for others and such. But our government is extremely conservative and it's often right. down here. I think that that's maybe not as well known. Yeah. But it's our weird. Prime minister, we've had the same prime minister for going on 10 years now. Jeez. And he's a Bible believing right wing um, conservative. I learned a little bit about it because I was in Toronto for a week in September and I talked to a lot of other comedians from there about it. And I was watching a lot of the news. And some of the news there is like, this is crazy. Hmm. It's it, it's like Fox News, but it's not. Because it's, I don't know, it's a weird it's a weird mix. And I was really surprised at just how conservative it was. Because a lot of people in America, you think of Canada, you think of like the CBC, which is really great. Like in terms of their news coverage is way well, better than, it's better oh than, my. it's better than like <laughs> CNN and stuff. It's oh yeah, like, yeah. Like they have, they have more, they cover more world politics in a lot of places. And mm-hmm. you think about uh, all the different cartoonists and all these different arts things that they get funded in Canada that doesn't happen here. We don't have, there's no funding for artists here like there is in Canada. And then you see like this news, which is like, wow, it's really conservative. It's really conservative. Yeah, yeah it's really conservative. Canada's, I think. It surprised me. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit less Canadian than a lot of people would expect. <laughs> it's it's like money and old people around yeah. the show in Canada, and often outside of the city centers, people who are very conservative, um, and the Canadians by and large are a fairly wealthy bunch of people, really, and very um, some European viewpoints too. Still okay. keep things. I feel like this it's like a class, an old European classist kind of in thing. In some ways, yeah. yeah. And a lot of things are not on the table for discussion. In like kind what? Of company, like you can't talk about God. Okay. Um, Very polite. You can sort That's of talk true. about sex. You can't talk yeah. about money. Wow. Um, yeah, it's. I think a lot of that comes from British ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Sure. It's a country that has spent a lot of its history looking back at Britain. And they're very, oh, oh no, do proper. not do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite proper, yeah. So as far as marijuana goes then, uh, it's something that's, it's grown heavily like in Vancouver and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's only grown for quote-unquote medicinal purposes. Well, we used to have a huge export market. I don't know what the situation is now, because mm-hmm. now that it's legalized in Washington State, that surely has changed, but I would be just speculating. I know that a lot of it is grown, and it's uh, cheap. 
Okay. It's, it's cheap where we are, yeah. It grows well there. It's a great environment for it. It doesn't grow well outdoors. It doesn't, okay. No. It grows well until grow about September, and then autumn rains tend to cause it to get botrytis mold. Ooh. Um, so in most yeah. of the crop, probably 90-something percent of the commercial crop is very much indoors. Got it. And spread yeah. around the province in warehouses, basements, bunkers, you name it. How did it become to be such a marijuana-intensive place? I think that a lot of the research that went into breeding... Uh, short season, fast indoor varieties happened there. Okay. And in California too. Right. I think yeah. there was quite a bit of cooperation between Northern California and Southern British Columbia. There's a lot of people from California and on our island. Really? Yeah, a lot of <laughs> draft dodgers oh, settled God. there. Yeah. 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 A lot of the successful business people on the island are American. Mm-hmm. American DDs. Yeah. Yeah. Cool Not people. A, yeah. Well, like, you know. Hippies. Yeah, and it was a no. more. I kind of get the impression in some ways it was even a more radical place in oh, the yeah. 60s, early Absolutely. 70s, like yeah. Quadra and Cortez. Okay, it would have been a pretty welcoming place, I think, if you're radical. Yeah, hippie. So people brought up presumably seeds and a bit of horticultural know-how, and I think kept working on some of it in BC. That makes sense. Then, yeah, that yeah. makes sense why yeah. it became what it is. What we think about it now, and the technology to run the lights inside, like uh, high-pressure sodium lights and mm-hmm. metal halide lights, is not. It's been around. I think it's been common since sometime in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But it's not old technology, per se. Yeah. Like they had to develop that and figure out how plants even respond to that before it was effective to grow them indoors, too. So hmm. new-ish. Yeah. And so you but you got into gardening. You said when you were first, when you were a young guy, you were reading about uh, marijuana cultivation just because it was just so interesting as far as the hydroponic but, stuff. Yeah. And did, when you got into that, it was something where did you ever try cultivating? Marijuana? Yeah. Like well, when you were younger? I mean, I don't want to directly say into this mic that I did cultivate marijuana. Yeah, okay. I tried when I was a kid, but I it didn't have, really work out. I have cultivated marijuana. I'm usually yeah. fairly public about it, yeah. Primarily as a teen and into my early 20s, and primarily out in the bush. Okay. Uh, and I learned a lot doing that, Yeah, for sure. I learned a lot about soil fertility and irrigation. And yeah, just like The limits of irrigation, yeah. too. Limits. How if you give a plant enough roots or enough root space and enough space, it can often create a root system that will allow it to be somewhat water self-sufficient. That's what we talked about when I first talked to you in the podcast. Okay. I still think about all the time in terms of my garden as far as like letting, letting the plants have more space than you think they even mm-hmm. – they can they – because they can, they can – uh, if they have enough space and they're not stressed, they'll really drive their roots down and feed themselves, right? For sure. Yeah. 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 To an extent. I mean, it depends on the environment. But yeah. It depends like a, on what you want. Like a cannabis yeah. plant is a particularly tough creature. Really? And they can have a, they've got an extensive fibrous root system. Yeah. And like basically it's a little annual tree by the time it's done often. With a, yeah. It's so big. I've seen, I saw some in Northern California once where I'm like, this is weed. It looks like a, like a bus. It's like this <laughs> giant fucking hedge. <laughs> yeah. yeah it like gets a, huge. Yeah. Like a van. It's the size of a van or something. It's, it's massive. It's a, it's a completely fascinating plant. Mm-hmm. That and hemp. Um, well, so it, useful. Are they different species? No, botanically they're not. All right. There's three species in the genus Cannabis. Uh, one of them is Sativa, and one of them is Indica, and one of them is Ruderalis. Ooh, and talk about Ruderalis. You can make it. Well, Ruderalis <laughs> is the most northern in, in origin, okay. most likely. And it's probably from somewhere in Russia, though it's not totally known. Right. Um, and it's not always day-length sensitive, as the other two species are. So the other two determine the beginning of their reproductive cycle based on decreasing day length. Right. And Ruderalis does not. Got it. So commercially speaking, Ruderalis's primary use for cannabis cultivation has been people have crossed Ruderalis genetics into sativa and indica genetics to create day-neutral cannabis 
So these are types that um, auto flowering is the common term. Wow. So these are types that will start flowering when they reach a certain age rather than when they when the season reaches a certain day length. So you can grow them much further north or in much more marginal climates. Those are hybrids usually. Um, not, not, necessarily, not necessarily, but hybridization has gone into creating them. So they do produce THC though. They do. They produce significantly less. Okay. But you can cross them into sativa and indica in such a way that you still have a reasonably potent product that is not dictated. That's ripening is not dictated by autumn. What is it called again? Uh, cannabis ruderalis, R-U-D. So people, like the big thing here is is just the constant connoisseurship of indica versus sativa and the mm. blends and stuff. So what is the ruderalis supposed to be? What's the effect? Is it supposed to be different or is it? Well, beyond the fact that it generally has lower levels of cannabinoids, okay. I don't actually know. Like I don't know what the differences Man. are in spectrum because a lot of the difference in the the qualitative effects of different types of cannabis are the spectrum of cannabinoids found in it. Right. So there's a certain amount of uh, THC, there's a certain amount of CBD. CBD, that's the uh, big one now people are talking about. Yeah. CBD is very interesting. Yeah, yeah that's and the one where people, people, there's a lot of people who don't like marijuana and don't smoke marijuana and don't, have never wanted it, but they find CBD useful for, I think for sleep is what they use it, people use it for. Sleep and like cancer. And stress yeah. reduction. Right. And seizures. Yeah. yeah. Seizures. And, uh, and, Talk about the CBD-THC relationship. Well, yeah, the, the ratio, my understanding is that the ratio of THC to CBD is mm -hmm. the primary, the, 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 the thing of primary importance in determining the therapeutic qualities of cannabis. Right. Um, so you can have, because CBD is antagonistic to the effects of THC. Oh. So I... if you have a type of weed, what's a good example of this? Like maybe you've got one that's 10% THC mm -hmm. and 10% CBD. So that's sample A. And sample B is 10% THC and 0% CBD. Despite the fact that both samples have 10% THC, the one that's got 0% CBD is going to have much more of a psychedelic kick. Oh. The CBD that's so downgrades the effect of the THC. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's so, been a vested interest in commercial cultivators actually breeding CBD out of their weed for the past certain number of wow. decades. And they're not necessarily doing this they're not necessarily even cognizant of this. Right. They're just selecting for potent weed that has the effect they want. And the more potent, the better if you're on the black market. Right. It's sold by weight. Well, so then as far as the difference between indica and sativa, then what, is, what does that have to do with the ratio of CBD and THC? I get really – I've tried to come up with a good answer to that because I've asked, been asked that question more than right. once. And I've yet to come up with a good answer. And my understanding so far – Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, because um, I'm veering pretty far out of my realm of expertise. This is here. great, though. I, well, I love even slight information about because if, if, if there's anything that people think they know about and want to tell you they know about, it's weed. Yeah, for, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And here we are, a couple of people originally yeah. from Vancouver, waxing on about uh, weed. Well, my understanding well, is really that on, that but. there are indicas that are high THC, uh, that, that there are indicas that are high CBD, right. and that there are sativas that are high CBD but that there isn't necessarily a direct correlation between CBD levels and whether a type of weed is indica right. or sativa. I feel like it's found in both. So is it something where the, the indica and the sativa both produce produce THC, but the, maybe the, the type of THC or like the, the specific nature of the THC is different? Cause well, there is more than one type of THC just to complicate okay. everything. So it could well, I didn't be, know yeah. that. There you go. So but here I that. get into, yeah, it gets pretty speculative. But I know that there's like THCA and THCV and okay. different types of... There's a number, there's quite a few different active cannabinoids in cannabis, wow. which makes it really complicated because some other drug, you know, like say you have tea, there's just 
oh, there might be more than one thing in tea deal, but say, assume the tea is just caffeine. Right. It's a little easier to know your dosage and your type of tea right. and stuff. But well, if not. you're dealing with 67 different um, caffeine, you know, mm-hmm. analogs, right. it will be a lot more complicated. I feel like that's one of the reasons why it's such a, there's no consensus on weed. Yeah. And there's no consensus on it. I don't know how I feel about it, like it at all. There's a lot of potential in, in low THC, high CBD varieties like mm-hmm. for people that don't want to get high. Yeah, you don't want to get high. they still want the benefits. You know, like children or mm-hmm. really old people that just don't want to be old. How dare you say children should get high? <laughs> how dare you? No, I mean children that are call, ill. Call the police. Get them in here. This woman, this okay, woman just was, said something was, about children and weed. I didn't mean to weed. say that. I oh, that. it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> it You're going to jail. Late. Good luck it getting home. Good luck getting back to where you live. You'll be detained oh at the airport. Okay. Just, <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Could you come with us? Yeah. I heard you say something about uh, getting children high. <laughs> uh, he didn't even put the podcast out yet. <laughs> oh, we heard about how it. They, how do they know? Uh, was it plugged into the wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they do have this now, don't yeah, they? Just, yeah. What? Hello. Yeah, well, I guess so. They're listening to everything, but they can't. It's like... It's, uh, I hope they're enjoying it. They have a, I have a billion pounds of peanuts, and they have to choose which ones to shell. So I guess like they can't. You know. But they're using an they use an algorithm to choose yeah. which ones to shell. That's a scary thing. Are they like right. words that they look for? I think supposedly, but that's also like a. I could say uh, kill the president, and uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I just said kill the president. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do that. Uh, that was the president knocking on the door. Just now you heard that he's here. Hello, I'm Mr. Obama. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to die. Hey, uh, maybe I can talk about it. I heard you want to give kids weed. We want to do the same thing. <laughs> like to get them really high. Uh, we think it's a good thing. It'll help out. Make you healthy. That's your best Obama impression. Yeah. That's my, my brief Obama. Obama. Obama in a hurry. Oh, yeah. yeah. He just, he's not really that into it. He just huh? wants to get out the sound bite. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to come on down. Michelle and the kids? It's pretty good. No? It's, it's, it's super easy. It's like a formula one. I don't do like a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Formula I Obama. I love impressions so much. But so you're talking about getting Obama, getting kids high. Getting Obama's kids yeah. high. Yeah. Getting the, no, said. I just think the there's CBD. a lot of potential in that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, well, kids get sick. I mean, yeah. kids have cancer. You don't want to be giving a kid weed that's yeah can get them really high. But if it can help Something, calm yeah. down some of the symptoms that are mm-hmm. making their life miserable, for sure, it's, it has a use. It'll happen. It'll happen, absolutely. Matter of time. Absolutely. Nothing's going to stop it. Hopefully it happens. In some yeah, parts of the world, it's sh- still shockingly uh, yeah. repressive. There's some places right. like with weed that they'll just, they will just throw the book at you. Yeah. It's like some you've places. committed the, a sin against God or something. Yeah. If you, if you fly into uh, like Singapore is a good example or Indonesia is a good example. Right. The landing card will have red text that pretty much says, so if you smuggle drugs, we're going to kill you. Wow. And it says that in the car they give you in the airport. Oof. In Singapore, they can That's urine serious. test you on arrival, should they choose. And under Singaporean serious? law, if you're positive for illicit drugs, you're carrying illicit drugs. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I don't go there anytime Apparently soon. Apparently, it's almost never done to foreigners. <laughs> yeah, I no, can't imagine I that. they get flights coming you back from Amsterdam. And they, yeah. Singapore's a wild and uh, bizarre nation. Yeah. It's an unexpected place. My sister spent some time there, and she sent me a lot of cool photos of things and told me about all the different things she saw it yeah. so yeah because it's like a it's like a weird meeting ground of sorts right because you get all these different it's like a like the apex of culture in that area yeah there's three cultures that coexist in a reasonably harmonious way there mm-hmm. so it makes it like uh like culturally speaking kind of like being in three countries at once oh cool because there's malay malay people who are indigenous to that mm-hmm. peninsula and then there's Chinese people from a variety of parts of China who've mm-hmm. been immigrating there for the past couple hundred years. And then there's people who were 
I believe mostly initially brought over by the British from South India. Okay. So people from what is now Tamil Nadu, yeah. Kerala and whatnot. Right. And um, the three of them operate in this connected but separate and kind of parallel societies within right. this one tiny little country. Yeah, it's a neat place in that regard. But no weed. I no, it. I sir. It. But it's growing out there in the jungles and stuff. It's mm, got to be growing there. Not in Singapore. Not at all? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably in, in the, like the, the next Singapore mix up just a tiny tip of that peninsula. The rest of the country is... The rest of that peninsula is Malaysia. Okay. And I'm sure if you poked around somewhere in Malaysia, there would be some. But if I were to see some in Malaysia, I would run. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask you about the the uh, the tour again because just we started talking about it at the beginning. You're saying that that's like a, a completely different, uh, completely different plant. You said they're classified differently now. The angel trumpets versus datura. Yeah, my or... understanding is that the the pendulous flower that we're seeing with the long broad leaf is brugmansia that smells amazing it smells it's amazing beautiful. yeah at night, yeah. At night. Oh, it smells yeah. so good it's like it and i think daturas are mostly annual plants if i'm okay. not mistaken like jimson weed i believe is a warm season annual so is that angel trumpet is that have psychedelic properties i think they both do they both do and it's yeah. the same chemicals that same weird terrible delirium yeah, at least one of them is i think scopolamine Oh, scopolamine. That's what they use for. Um, so used for it's a anti. That's what they use for motion sickness. Oh, oh really? interesting. Yeah, I was reading something the other day about someone who died from scopolamine. Scopolamine. Yeah. Scopolamine. Whatever it is. Anyway, I believe yeah. that that compound is either synthesized from something in there or actually in that group of plants. Wow. Very yeah. dangerous potentially. Right. So is that like the patches that people? Yeah, scopol- okay. spicolamine or however you say it. Those patches huh. are the ones from. I took it when I was sailing years ago. It really works, but it also makes you feel kind of crazy. It makes you feel like very like loopy and like sort of sleepy, but not unable to sleep. Unable to sleep huh. in this weird sort of haze. Perfect of, sailing uh, mood. Sounds worse. Yeah. <laughs> worse than feeling seasick. Yeah, it, it was actually. Well, f- at this point, it was on our return trip, so I had definitely was was okay with everything but i took it just in case because the on our trip across the gulf stream um it was terrible it was where were you going we were sailing from florida to the bahamas oh wow and it was we hit weather on the way there that was uh it was incredible it was like hours of pounding against uh you know three foot waves in the middle of the night (laughs) i was so sick it was ridiculous it was like just terrifyingly sick but then um we had great weather the rest of the whole trip so so are you an experienced sailor? No, not really. Just enough to, yeah, just enough to miss it. Yeah. yeah. I would like to be do sailing more. Yeah, if you ever come up to Quadra, there's lots of sailors there. Oh, I'm sure, man. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's pretty Do a lot of people sail here? Or do the... I think they do. I don't, I mean, with LA, it's weird because if you either live at the beach or you never go there sort okay. of thing. I feel okay. like it's the same with sailing as a lot. Most people, I, I think they don't end up going, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of, there's kind of like these, uh, at least in my experience, I feel like it's sort of divided. Like you either, you know, either you live in Long Beach and you go on a sailboat all, every other day, or you're kind of don't. Yeah, it's, a, li- it's yeah. just a lifestyle. It, right, because it involves a lot of money and like a lot time of money. Yeah, so you, you have, have to be to. rich to have a sailboat. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do <laughs> to pay for moorage and all that. It's so it's so much gas in boating. Everything. It's Everything so expensive. Is so expensive. It's ironic because it's this thing where. To make enough money, you usually have to spend a lot of time, so you don't have the time to use the thing that you got. Oh, boy, especially with that's, sailing. That's a thing that happens to a lot of people, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. With, oh yeah. With we, everything. Trying to kind of actively avoid that. Yeah. Because that's a uh... simple living. Right and borrowing. 
You can borrow stuff. You, yeah. There's people who have sailboats. Like, yeah, I can't use it. You want to use my sailboat? I'm waiting for that to happen. That's Someone, what we're doing with land right now. <laughs> yeah. I can't use it, so you use it. I can't. don't have time to use it. You use it. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity for, for that kind of arrangement yeah. with a lot yeah. of different things. For sure. With land in particular. Yeah. A... Yeah. I don't, like, we're not extra specially smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just kind of made a few de- <laughs> a few decisions. Uh, Stan might be listening. So uh, well, we are of, really smart. We are You're smart. <laughs> They're smarter than you, Stan. But, you know, you know, you put you put yourself out there and you're like, well, we're willing to do this. Yeah. Um, and if you have a skill that's useful, then you can trade that skill. I mean, getting a skill that's useful requires some effort. But right. Gardening, like, anybody could get good at it. Just got to put mm-hmm. in the time. Right. That's what I would say to people. everybody should be good at it. It's... You, you got to do it. Years ago, it was normal. It was a normal thing. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. even that yeah. long ago. Not right. even that long ago. Yeah, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, especially people who were like our grandparents' age. Yes. It was just a, that's a fact of life. Everybody you had, had a, a garden. You had a kitchen garden because yeah. that's what you do. You just have, that's how you get the things that you eat is totally. having and a kitchen so garden. it's so special now, but it's, I, I still feel like it's not that special and it should, it should be something that's yeah. really common. Yeah. And that's what I always say to people is I try to make it. Like a thing where no, it's it's really like oh wow, it's so cool. You do this, you grow this stuff. Like, yeah, it's not I'm not doing things. I'm really not doing anything special. I'm yeah. not that good at it at all. Yeah, I'm just sort of doing some basic things I know about, and even then, it's like not that great. Like I'm not. I know people who are like wow, that person really knows what they're doing. A lot of times, the people who are best gardeners, I feel like, are people who are um, they care the least about it. They're sort oh, of doing it. Um, I guess the most casual about it. Like there's this lady in my garden. She's an older lady and her garden, like she's kind of just growing stuff kind of willy nilly, but it all does really well. Cause I feel like she's not, she's not really trying to make it grow. She's not really, mm. cause there's a lot of people who are new to gardening and they're really just trying really hard. They put a lot of effort into it. And I feel like effort so often is the case with so many things. It just destroys something cause you can't make a plant grow. It's like all the all the best things I've ever grown have been volunteers. Hmm. You know, like like I had like a watermelon grow, like huge watermelons grow last year. I didn't plant a watermelon, but it decided to grow there, and it just did well despite anything. I didn't didn't I, I helped it out a little bit, but so many of the things I've grown that have done well have been. I mean, I didn't try really hard to make them grow well. Like my when I had my big bumper pea crop, I wasn't really doing anything special. I just planted the peas, and they just grew. And it's like the stuff I work on the hardest is stuff where it's like I don't get anything out of it. It's, like, it's that same one I was talking about at the beginning, like with that big side community garden, that that plot where I didn't do anything special with the soil. Really, we just deweeded it and let it sit for a few weeks, and that plot is just blasting with plants that are super healthy. Whereas mm. my bed that I've spent like fifty dollars in the soil and all this crap to it, they're just eking along. Yeah, there's like, something uh, in there about expectations and yeah. like a psych- psychology of it too. Mm-hmm. It's like how you feel based on your intention going in yeah. and like how much effort you put into it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, and it's interesting. Sometimes I think some of those effects you're describing, not all of them, but some of them might have to do with the fact that some things prefer to be direct seeded or to plant themselves. Right. Like the watermelon planted itself. Right. And it, it sprouted exactly when it wanted to. Right. And it was never transplanted. Right. Yeah. And there might be something to be said for that because... And I think this is a more modern thing, but people often want to transplant as many things as they can, at least where we live. Yeah. Direct seeding is not popular where we live. Like people will see a huge bed of carrots and they'll actually ask me, did you transplant every single one of those? So oh, no, I made you, a furrow you can't transplant. <laughs> yeah, but it's like um, because of 
nursery culture and because of just having less space, yeah. a lot of the time folks will want to transplant things. And one of the hardest gardening tasks to do is to start a seedling in a little pot somewhere that's not your garden and then get it to survive well in your garden. Yeah. That's a tricky, tricky task. That's hard to do. Yeah, hard to do. It's one of the harder tasks. Yeah, because yeah. you just tr- it's like dry out once. The whole thing dries out once Done. and it gets to the point of it might not even look dead. But it's you just it's just shocked it so that it's light and now it wants to flower. Like these this happens a lot with brassicas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because brass like every plant, if it's stressed, is gonna wanna propagate. Right. Right. So you, you, you stress it out and especially get pot bound and they dry out in these little containers and they don't maybe Those not quite starting to flower yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then they but they they've already decided that they're gonna start flowering. People plant them and they expect a head to form that they can right. harvest and eat but then it just gets like really just, spicy and it starts to um, uh, bolt bolt yeah. it tastes yeah. really bad and um because it's it's like ah, i'm gonna die i gotta yeah. i gotta spread my genes everywhere yeah. so yeah. many people don't understand that too i have a good, good friend i just he's i talk to him about all the time he doesn't understand like no you, your cilantro is bolted you need to it's, this is not this is not cilantro now yeah You're, it's becoming coriander yeah it's coriander now. he's like really i thought this is the cilantro like no, you gotta you gotta redo it or uh, give it more water or something because it's bolting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's um, no stopping a bolting plant. Really. Yeah, especially not a cilantro plant. Cilantro yeah. wants Although you to can, bolt. you know, you, right. we have um, eat, we do eat bolting cilantro. Right. Because cilantro has like kind of like a spectrum of taste to it. That, yeah. Because it's kind of a garnish rather than a vegetable. It's you know, forgivable. Like, yeah, it's forgivable. That's and, in some varieties are bred for seed rather than for um, when you're buying cilantro seed, buy seed that's specifically looks like it's been grown for the leaf. Right. Because many cultures use coriander, coriander. extensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the seed that's sold to home gardeners too is often highly oh, yeah. suspect. Oh, it's garbage. Sometimes. Highly suspect? Yeah, yeah, a lot of the really? companies that grow, like many seed catalogs and seed companies that sell to home gardeners, even small organic ones are right. brokers. So they buy their seed in the international. There are some exceptions to this, but this is largely the way it works. They buy their seed in the international seed trade. So from specialists who produce seed. And um, to put it lightly, they don't always sell the high quality stuff to the home gardener. So the farmer uh, knows how the seed is supposed to perform. And they're going to want their money back if the seed is bunk. But the home gardener will typically blame themselves first. Yeah. Yeah. The seed companies can sell to the home gardener. They can sell... Rubbish seed. Wow. They don't always. Yeah. But it's very hard to know. Yeah. What are some seed companies that you like? Oh, we're so Canadian focused, but I'd say in the United States, we really like adaptive seed. Adaptive. They're okay. in Washington. Oregon. Oregon. Uh, we really like Territorial, also in Oregon. God, I've never heard of those. Um, Definitely worth supporting those, those two the, little companies. And, yeah. and a seed company that I've heard very good things about, but we don't order from because they don't ship to Canada, is Fedco. Fedco. Um, and Baker Creek. Baker Creek. It's another seed company that's yeah. re- highly reviewed, but I've yet to try their Baker stuff. Creek is interesting to me because, like, they put out this catalog that is, like, a full-color, like, a catalog that must cost an immense amount to print. Mm. It's beautiful. It's, like, stunning. But I'm just, like, where are these space hippies getting the money? <laughs> and, like, because, yeah, like, I love that guy. I want to have him on the podcast sometime. But he's a total space hippie, man. That guy just, yeah, he's, like... That weird sort of modern hippie where they like wear the clothes that they made kind of thing, okay. but they they look look good. It's not like they're they're um they're living like in ancient times, but in a modern way. Interesting. And yeah. they do this like crazy, I don't know. It's almost like a guru lifestyle in a sense. But he's got this family and 
all these guys who look like prospectors who work for him, and they're like the guys <laughs> who run the. This is the head of marketing, Jeremiah Badinkin, and he's got looks like he, he's like a looks like a prospector, but he's got like this. I don't know. It just it's, where where's their place? This is the Missouri. Missouri, yeah. yeah. Those, those arcs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They have a. So they, they all put look a, like they're from two hundred years ago. They all look kinda... like they're. Yeah, they where all look. You, where are you seeing these people? Um, just in, in the catalog, catalog. yeah, <laughs> online. I've been in the catalog forever. I've ordered some seeds from now. I can't remember how they've done, but it's more just I'm more fascinated by the just the stuff they have to offer and all the photos in their their book is just like ridiculous. Like it's this yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful printing it. thing where like what the hell, man? How are you making money off this from selling seeds to people? Heirloom well, seeds. Money on seeds sometimes. Well, what they did, I guess they, so. They built a time machine. I think that's what it is. They're like, <laughs> I got cheap seed back Eugene, in the old days. Grab that sack of seeds. Yeah. We're going forward. Heritage This seed. is going to be very Heirloom expensive. Seed, right? Heirloom's so big now. It's like all people. Everything. Oh, heirloom, heirloom is yeah. attached. Yeah. I'm done with that. I'm yeah. done with that term. Well, so why are you done with it? Well, it doesn't mean anything. Like it, right. It, it, it's implied that it means that something is at least 50 years old. Okay. But that's too. But it kind of demonizes hybrids too. It, it does. People don't understand what the difference between heirloom hybrid and then throw GMO into the mix, and people are just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm just gonna go all heirloom because I. Hybrid seems like a scary word. Yeah, so they miss, <laughs> right. they miss out. Yeah, that's a great that's a great explanation of why it's kind of a bullshit term. Is that yeah, it makes hybrids. There is a lot wrong with hybridization, but but an F one hybrid is not a GMO. F one is the first. Well, can you just can you talk about first what that means? Filial. It's the oh, it's when so you've got two. And the way this works is is actually technically beyond me. So I only have a really broad understanding of it, or, or I don't have a broad understanding. of it. <laughs> um, I have a very narrow understanding of it. Um, but basically it's a, con- it's a controlled way of crossing two plants that are different varieties of right. the same species. So you might have this one line of tomato variety A and you've got one line of tomato variety B and you cross them typically using flower surgery and you get the result of that cross and the result of that cross has specific predictable characteristics and it also has something called hybrid vigor which really only happens when you cross two fairly unrelated members of the same species. Hybrid vigor is such a cool thing. Yeah. And yeah. It, it is a cool it, name. And it's an actual, it's definitely an actual thing. Because it means they grow like fuck. They're just, yeah. they're they going go nuts. Yeah, they're really vigor. strong. Yeah, yeah. hybrid but it, vigor. But only in the first. That first gen- one generation, gen- F1. Generation. So if you keep the seeds from the F2, so you've crossed these two things in a controlled way. And I think there's actually an inbreeding step involved in maintaining these two lines. Right. So that when you cross them, the result is predictable. Because if you cross two unrelated tomatoes, the result's not necessarily going to be predictable. Right. So you will have hybrid vigor. So there's a step that I'm leaving out here. But in the second generation, so you've got your, you buy your hybrid tomato seed. It's, it's called Super Beef Boy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> beef, beef Boy. Beef Boy 2000. That's a real boy. thing. I think it is. Super Beef Boy. <laughs> yeah, there's something. Or like Better Boy. Like, better Boy. Better Boy is one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's Better yeah. Boy. Say so we've got Better Early Boy. Early girl. And it would be expressed yeah. as Better Boy F1 or Better Boy Hybrid in the seed catalog. So we get those seeds, grow them out, and then keep seed from those fruits. So the seed in those fruits is going to be the F2 generation. Okay. That generation is going to be a crazy throwback to those two parent lines. It's going to have intermediary qualities like a dice roll between those yeah. two. And it won't have hybrid vigor. I don't believe it will okay. have hybrid vigor, no. So what you do, the, the unfortunate thing in all of this is like it's all fine and good. You can get this vigorous hybrid seed that's predictable, but you can't easily save seed from your hybrids. Right. You can dehybridize them, but it requires many generations. Yeah. And, and so, certain right. enthusiasts do do that. 
Um, but you, in producing hybrids, we've lost some of the genetic diversity of open pollinated right. plant varieties because it's specifically it's specifically matched with plant with a uh, flower surgery. So yeah, a, and it's and it's kind of proprietary. Or if it's not right. proprietary, like those two lines that they're crossing, those are owned by somebody. Yeah. yeah. And the the way that that hybrid is made is not public. It's uh, not necessarily a patented thing, but it's a, something that is someone has that expertise hidden yeah. away in their brain and in their lab. So, so to come back to the heirloom thing, I mean, it's good to encourage heirloom growing, right. but specifically for seeds, seed saving. And so if you're, right. you're, you are practicing good seed saving technique, keep growing heirloom seeds. Because you can so save they, those seeds. Yeah, and every you're, year you're you saving a, them. There's purity in those because they're, mm -hmm. you can hybridize from those heirlooms yeah, if you yeah, want to. Yeah, and, and often heirlooms that have been preserved this long are strong heirlooms that right. uh, perform well in specific climates. You know, like for us, we need things that do well in really humid, wet conditions. Right. Short seasons. Short season. We select our varieties of tomatoes, for example, um, for early fruiting. Okay. So, you know, early fruiting is really important. Often you don't get like size or... or um, uh, taste isn't often the best thing but if they fruit early you're guaranteed food right so, you know if they fruit in july then that's what we yeah. have a variety that we keep Since seed 06. from from 06 um we try and responsibly keep seed from it so that we always have it and we can always have tomatoes right. every year to put away if we have to yeah. that's what i think is happening a lot is these people are going heirloom crazy but they're getting all these heirlooms like oh i want to grow those those japanese feather peas and it's like oh this is not meant at all to grow where you are growing that's another consideration for sure. I think that's what's happened to me is I see, look in the catalog. I'm like, oh, that looks so cool. looks so cool. But then I get them and like they don't do shit. They just yeah. like don't go anywhere. Well, and they also, also – there's like this misconception that open – I'm going to use the term open pollinated because like I say, I think hybrid's a bullshit term. But okay. it means the same thing. Or, or yeah, not hybrid. Uh, heirloom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but open pollinated OP, yeah. or OP vegetables, they also – they have to be continually curated. Like, just because the variety is this wonderful pea variety that's, right. say, 500 years old from Japan, it doesn't mean that you can't take it to your garden and uh, either poorly curate it or, or not curate it at all. So what I mean by that is you have to continue, continually select for the variety that you want. Yeah. And off types have to be rogued out and not saved. And you have to prevent crossing with some other variety of something else over here. And uh, open pollinated vegetables can be degraded and actually ruined and a very common way this will happen in a backyard is with a plant that shows inbreeding depression so not okay. all plants will show inbreeding depression but some do and that means that like any population of animals if there's too few mums and dads in the population mm -hmm. eventually everybody's going to get inbred and get a little weak a little less smart you know what i mean and uh, <laughs> a plant like a broccoli for instance that number it depends who you talk to but that number is at least ideally at least 100 plants oh as wow your population and if you're a real serious seed saver in an agricultural context, that number is probably more like 250 plus. Jeez. Yeah. So that's so a plant that very quickly shows inbreeding depression in a small population. What are examples of that? Uh, brassicas are a really key example of that. Um, like, what's a, what's an example of uh, expression of inbreeding depression? Yeah, like oh, so say with early. yeah, flowering early would be a good one with brassicas. Yeah, like, like so for example, people keep kale a lot because it seeds so easily. So if you let a kale plant, because kale grows one year. Uh, say you plant in the spring, it has a foliage. Right. Uh, it's a biennial, so it grows foliage, and then the next spring it, it flowers. Right. And it propagates. And so the 
if you just let it flower and it seeds and it seeds spread all over your garden, then all these little kale plants are going to come up. Yeah. People often just leave them and mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, kale. I didn't have to buy the seed. It's free kale, you know, right. and a few of they grow some of them out, but then they just let some grow. And often, I don't know how soon it happens because we don't really I've let seen that it happen. I've seen it happen in a couple years. In a couple years, those, if they keep letting that happen, that you won't get that first season of just foliage. Mm-hmm. It'll just immediately flower. Okay. So you'll get, yeah, you're or just, to, you're losing integrity. Yeah. Um, wow. And with kale is added complexity because it's very compatible with other types of vegetables. Often yeah. it's the same species effectively. Right. It's a little cross with, for instance, a blooming cabbage plant that you've got in the corner over there. Or a friend has a blooming cabbage plant, you know, half a mile away. So it'll hybridize. It's, it'll hybridize, yeah, yeah potentially. Yeah. So that's another thing. It's kind of cool sometimes to see the result of. Um, it's beautiful. This happens in cucurbits a lot too. Okay. Like, uh, squash and, and It's just a nice. Yeah. yeah. I had to happen with my watermelon because my watermelon was not very good. Yeah, it was, it was very yeah. the flavor was almost non-existent. The flesh was kind of like a peachy, like a light peach yeah. color. Okay. Yeah. And I must have been pulling from something. Yeah. I I saw some program on that Mind of a Chef show. Um, oh, this is a PBS show. You probably love it. It's great cuz it's like a lot of it's like people dealing with the At least some of the episodes are great cuz it's these guys who are going out and they're growing a lot of the food they're cooking. Cool. Some of these guys, but it's this PBS show, Mind of a Chef, and this guy was talking about talking about watermelons and how how watermelons have to be really isolated from other things so they don't take on the characteristics okay. of them because watermelons are really uh, quick to absorb uh, other plants' properties. So they have to be isolated. And there's also something, I guess, with because of that, they're easy to um, – the, the, the seeds or whatever, will, they'll, they'll get fouled up with other uh, plants, and so they have to grow them uh, far away from everything else. Mm. And as, as a result, like when you do that – those watermelons are really prized because it's really hard to grow watermelons that are good because you have to have a lot of space and you have to be able to isolate them. And so as a result, all these people like, and this is like, you know, a hundred years ago in America, they would do all these things to keep people from stealing their watermelons. Like they'd run electricity through them and shit. Really? They would poison, select, they would, they would blindly poison some of them and like put up signs to say these watermelons are poisoned. And they would, wow. what they would do is they'd make mark on which ones are poisoned so they'd eat them. But oftentimes what happened is people would kill them. They would, their whole family would die because they would mistakenly pick a watermelon and eat it that had, they had poisoned with something. And they, they ate it and they died oh. trying to keep people from eating their watermelons. Wow. Yeah, Because I guess they're just so coveted because it's so difficult to, to, to grow a good watermelon. And keep them isolated. Yeah. Uh, interesting. That's so cool. Yeah. And interesting. Oh, watermelon. Makes Ryan me want to like watermelon. I love yeah. it. I can't get yeah. enough of it. I could eat ten pounds a day. Well, that that Baker <laughs> Creek Company, they do that. They just kind of specialize in the the open pollinated watermelon oh, or cool. melons in general. Cool. Yeah. The Which, isolation distance for some plants is staggering. Really? Spinach for pure spinach seed, I think it's eighteen kilometers. God. Because it's wind. <laughs> spinach is wind pollinated. Yeah. It's very fine pollen. It's nuts. So yeah. It's like why are we even trying? In, well, in the, the olden days, I was reading about <laughs> I was reading about First Nations corn saving on the plains recently, uh-huh. and they would grow. They had different types of corn. They had parching corn and flower corn and popping corn and so on. But the way they dealt with this. Um, and before even really learning in a, a sciencey way about genetics, mm-hmm. uh, the way they dealt with this was they, they grew corn in great big blocks. And sometimes it was different varieties adjacent, but they kept seed just from the center of the block. So in the center of the block, oh. the percentage of pollen for that variety, the, the air is just so saturated with that variety's pollen that, you know, there's another block over there and a bit of that pollen's getting in. But yeah. the mathematical chances are as long as you're right in the middle you're pretty much good to go. There you go. Wow, so they just sort of evolved that technique and 
yeah, it worked. Cool. And people use barriers too. I've heard of barriers being used in instances like spinach, where yeah, it's eighteen kilometers in open land, but if there's a wood lot between it, right. that distance is actually a lot lower because wow. it serves as a sort of a screen. Yeah. So there's ways around it. And yeah. with insect pollinated plants, often the way around isolation distance is physical isolation or physical um, like nets, and nets to actually yeah. exclude pollinators. So wow. you might have a variety of broccoli, broccoli A here and a variety of broccoli B here, and you'll do what's called alternate day netting. So variety A is netted off against pollinators for one day of the week. And then variety B is netted the next day. A lot of work. When a, yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> but when A is unnetted, insects are free to go in and they move just A's genetics around. You wow. Know? So it's a, I think it's a lot of work, but in the context of growing a very valuable seed crop, it probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because in a pretty small square footage, you could produce a lot of dollars worth of broccoli seeds. It's yeah. true. Producing good seeds hard. We Our plan was to start a seed company and you know, we, we still might, but... Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we, we learned a little bit about how much that would involve and growing food is just a li- like a little bit growing vegetables it's yeah. more accessible quickly less technical a, yeah food. yeah but that's our goal our goal is to and our goal is also to educate in the future and there's a lot of opportunity for that for sure yeah ryan right. is a an excellent communicator as you can tell that's great <laughs> much much has been communicated yeah. should probably sew it up here pretty soon yeah I wonder if there's anything more because people like who listen like they're definitely interested in things of a psychedelic nature <laughs> and then we talked about the dead tour and stuff. Is there anything that like you've come across in terms of uh, like uh, psychedelics in terms of plants that are because there's there's all kinds of things there's there's obvious ones that people know about, but there's also there's a lot of things that are lesser known psychedelic plant entities. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that, you've, that interest you at all, or interest some that are like, I mean, people think about morning glories and rose Hawaiian rosewood and stuff like that, but there's all these sort of lesser-known ones that... I feel like I've got something up my sleeve somewhere, but something my, up. my brain is not strong enough to handle the psychedelic experience. <laughs> I, I haven't used a psychedelic in a long time. I don't think I will ever again. Really? Either. Yeah, I've, I've had some mushroom meltdowns that have been... I once heard something really great about psychedelics, and I, I think it applies to people like me, not everybody, but it was something... Something like when you get the message, hang up the phone. Oh, okay. And I feel like I'm just not strong enough. I have friends who gobble psychedelics, yeah, like all the time, and I think back with chills of things that happened to me ten years ago wow. you know, on mushrooms. But I think the psychedelic I'm most interested in is yoga. <laughs> yoga. Well, maybe we should. I can ask you about maybe not necessarily psychedelic, but medicinal properties of certain plants that are maybe uh people don't realize that's the case or something that's a plant that has a medicinal property that people wouldn't have i think people don't realize how vastly important green leafy vegetables are particularly bitter ones and i think in north american culture they've been almost completely like amputated from our diets right and that's a shame like we eat a lot of bitter greens it's not really an answer but to the question but it is a pretty strong point we we like to make is that just changing the programming of your what you eat um, is pretty important, I think, especially to, to maintain vigor as a human being. Right. <laughs> and just get, not just like, I don't know, it's so easy to go buy like a bag of organic spinach and a bag of organic kale and smoothie them and stuff. But try 
across the board, you know, make mm-hmm. way more of your food vegetables and experiment with really bitter things. I think it's really important to eat chicories and dandelions Chicory. and stuff. And, and weeds, like a lot of the food that we harvest from our garden are, are just weeds. We have a significant yeah. amount of, uh, some type of a Chinese mustard green that grows here like wildfire. It goes oh, yeah? like crazy. It looks like arugula. I think it's got to be something really close to arugula, if not a, a, a varietal arugula. of itself. Hmm. I know wild arugula grows here, and I've seen those like the, the sort of nice lobed leaves, but yeah. these ones have a more jagged, and uh, they're really bitter, but they they just grow like crazy here. I've wanted to try eating them. I'm just not sure exactly if I need to prepare. I'll have to show them to you when, when we leave here. But sure. um, another thing I yeah. think that that I would think about that is not really a good answer to your question at all, but is if you're going to eat a lot of food from a piece of land or a garden. At least once have your soil analyzed by a reputable modern lab. Okay. Because I feel like mineral balance within the soil dictates mineral balance within the food. And I definitely feel like people can grow vastly out of balance food and potentially never really know it. Yeah, I heard someone, uh, some nutrition person talking about that recently on some radio show about how uh, there's so much, you have to almost, almost eat more food nowadays with certain types of food because the nutrient content is not the same as it was yes. maybe like 50 years mm-hmm. ago because yeah. of the nature of most modern farming mm-hmm. and soil yeah and what's going on down there yeah. right yeah. so but that's very accessible now that's more accessible than a lot of folks i think would initially expect is laboratory analysis of, right. of soil and um and just remineralizing the earth it's it's totally learnable for a layman yeah, cool. if, you, if you need to learn about it, just email Ryan. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll explain it to you. <laughs> Ryan and Jess, Goosefoot Jess. Farms. Yeah, goosefootfarms.com. Qua- oh, goose, goosefootfarms.com. Yeah. Goosefootfarms.com. And ryansgarden.com. Ryansgarden.com. Right <laughs> <laughs> fell asleep in the Thanks for being here. This is yeah, a dream come true. Us. We did <laughs> it. <laughs> for us, yeah. Yeah, it was a magical, uh, inter- international connection. Yes. Laid sure. down to audio tape. Hey, thanks. The tape must stop the tape now. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Mary. Take care. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.